Adventurers to Dungeon Radio Hour, an actual play improv comedy podcast where the mockery is always vicious and whining to the DM is encouraged. I'm your host and game master Dalton Riddle, joined by my merry band of would-be heroes. Introduce yourself, heroes. I'm Michael Adair. I'm Alyssa Adair. And I'm Andrew Gerline. Well, everyone, this is it. It is officially our first recorded episode of the Dungeon Radio Hour podcast. Give yourself a round of applause. Oh, okay. oh my God. Thank Way you. to go. Thank you. We've done, We've so, done much. so much work so far. It's been, it's been, been, a, it's, yeah. it's been a hard road. I want to say the, the praise we've been getting um, for the last, what, 40, 45 seconds. It's been amazing. <laughs> we have praised. It's been incredible. We've praised ourselves a lot, and we've done it very well, if mm-hmm. I can say that. Oh, top tier. Top yeah. tier. It's a special skill that we all possess. Yeah. we. Uh, after all, we are all theater people. We all met in theater. Theater college. <laughs> theater college. Theater, theater college. What an amazing financial decision mm. that was for all yeah, of us. That's, yeah, let's not dwell on it too much. But uh, hey, <laughs> we're using it now. We are using it yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and one day it will be successful. Um, okay, so <laughs> we uh, have this podcast, and something that is unique and different about the show that we're about to get into is that the three of you are playing yourselves. Now, that is a highly dramatized and theatrical version of yourself in this fantasy setting. Mike, you're Mike. Andrew's Andrew. Alyssa is Alyssa. But when it comes to other TTRPGs, when it comes to other role-playing games, how do you guys go about creating your character? Do you have a system mm. for your creative process? Interesting. Chaos. Interesting. Chaos. <laughs> Utter chaos. Pure, unbridled yes. chaos. No, I feel I'm like just... I feel like I start with like a fighting style, right? If it's a if it's something that's gonna be combat yeah. based. And I do that in video games too. Because I, I don't know about you guys. When I play like Skyrim or something, mm. I'll mm-hmm. like invent a backstory for my character. Ooh, yeah. Um, no. Because I'm a super nerd. So I'll pick a fighting style and that'll sort of inform also maybe how the character dresses and how the character dresses. Ooh. Okay. Well, what, then where are they from? What location do they live? You know what I mean? You can kind of build from there based mm. on the style yeah. of play you want to do. Okay. No, okay. I, I do do that. But I think with um with D and D, I I pretty much always start with class, which informs the rest of it. So, like you're saying, Andrew, you have to think about how you want to play, how you naturally play in game. And people, you know, they they gravitate towards like, all right, I'm going to be a spellcaster. I'm going to be the most unwieldy, powerful being in this game. I'm going to be a fighter, and I'm going to be so fucking mighty. I'm going to min max everything. I'm going to have like sh- like fucking I don't know, crazy armor and shit. But I, but what I like to do is just fuck shit up and be crazy and mm. be uh, unhinged as possible. So I like that to tracks. role play as rogue or a uh, bard because that allows me to do that. Those are personality driven characters. I get to be a little sneaky shit. You know what I mean? So it sounds like you almost go for alignment first. You're like, I want yes. a chaotic kind character. Of. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Because be, being a rogue and a bard, those are two sides of the same coin, 
Rogue is sneaky in the shadows. Bard is sneaky in daylight, baby. Sneaky in front oh. of your face. You don't even mm. know what he's doing. They've got the okay. same Something energy. Is. They just release it different ways. Yeah, man. I get it. All right. Yeah. I see what you're I see what you're doing, Mike. I, yeah. I got you. What about you, Alyssa? Dude, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but when Andrew was bringing up other games as well, I have to admit, in any game, I kind of go straight for like a min-maxing like thing. <laughs> hey, no shame, dude. Like There's absolutely no shame in your fun. I've had more than one occasion where I'm like getting ready to play Mario Kart with people in, in the newer versions. And people are like, wait, what is that when you're building your car? And I'm like, oh, if you press the little plus button, you can see its stats and you can build the stats Mm -hmm. to max it. And I've had multiple players who are like, I didn't even know you could do that. And I was like, really? That was the first thing I figured out because (laughs) I am so obsessed with getting the maximum out of my character. And I have definitely done the same for D&D. I will very, very, very slowly go through all of my options and carefully weigh them before I finally figure out which ones are going to max me out. But honestly, lately, I have gone more for the silly, like more character driven. Yeah, man. First, because that was what I did for like the first three characters I did for D anD D. But now I've kind of learned, eh, you know, I've had that character that does the beat 'em ups. The beat 'em ups. Um, and you sound very <laughs> professional right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> using terminology. Do the beat 'em ups. Yes. <laughs> do the beat 'em ups. Yeah, do the beat 'em ups. Now I want ones that have more fun backstories, and I want to actually see yeah. the character develop. Hell That's yeah. more fun for me. That's fun. It's like you're participating in a TV show. That you would want to see on TV, right? I, I don't yeah. like to min max. I like to cover all my bases, right? I want a I want a hard hitting character who's also really fast, who's also really sneaky, yeah. who's also great at magic, and has a high defense, high health, high armor, because <laughs> I want to have it all. I want to Andrew, be able to well, dish it and take it. Yeah, right? Andrew yeah. doesn't want to be pigeonholed into one specific type. Or one yeah. track, he wants to do a little bit of everything, which I can exactly. respect. Oh, yeah. I think, like, the great thing about our group is that, you know, we are very immersive with the role play, and we take that seriously. While we might do other things, you know, we we will focus on spells if we're a spellcaster, weapons if we're, like, a weapon person. But, like, our role play is what makes it fun, just being totally immersed in that and just letting imagination guide you, you know? Like kids. Like little kids. We're kids. Yeah. Absolutely. We're touching our inner child. Always. Hold on. We're not maybe, touching. Maybe don't say that. Uh, nothing. No, it's not. No, being, no. no inner. No. No one's being touched. Nobody's touching yeah. anybody. Dalton, no you talk now. Go ahead and talk, Dalton. <laughs> You're so good at it. Uh, God, no, what good. I was what I was going to say is my approach is the same, but also a little different from the three of you in the fact that I, no matter what game I'm playing, whether it be role playing, video games, computer games, board games, whatever, if there is a magic wielder, if there is a magic mm. user, I am automatically going some type of mage class. And so typically what I'll do if I can't decide if I want to be a druid or a cleric or a sorcerer or a warlock, yada, 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 is I will search just like fantasy mage images on Google and then I'll find one that speaks to me and then I build like a vision board off of that initial picture that I find. I love that. I actually... That's what helps me create... My so you character. start from the outside in, yeah, right. You start by mm. the look, and then that helps you inform the inner the deci- yep. backstories uh-huh. and like I look for traits. images, images that I want to convey like thoughts and inner demons mm. and powers and background and where they're from and what they look that like. That totally makes sense. That's what gets me into character and acting. Yeah, so, and then yeah, I create the character out of that. And it's the same yeah. way when we were in school. 
and we would be doing scene study or character study or doing our shows, I would always make vision boards for any of the characters that I would be portraying on stage because it helped me kind of get into their head right. in a visual. I'm a very visual person. Do you person. still have vision boards? Do I still have? I, I definitely still use vision boards. I also like characters that are sort of like, what's the word? Not contradictory, but uh, a juxtaposition of itself. Like, yeah. I had a character that I played for a long time who was a werewolf, right? And he's a big, burly guy who turns even bigger as a werewolf, but he's like a sweetheart. He's a kind of a, a crybaby a little bit. He's really sensitive. Oh, I love those. Yeah, exactly. And then I had my giant pterodactyl man, um, who was named <laughs> yes. Trevor. Yes. And he yes. was 12 or 13 feet tall. And he thought that no one could notice that he's a pterodactyl man, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's that, it's like scary, but also he's like a little nerd and he's a little stupid. You, you know? like going against the trope. Yes, absolutely. Well, so what's the audience on the surface? knows. Mm-hmm. It was a pterodactyl in a trench coat that had an, a secret <laughs> alternate identity. With a pair of glasses mustache. that had the fake mustache. And he assumed yeah. that no one could tell he was a pterodactyl How man. could you tell? Be honest. If you saw a pterodactyl in a trench coat, would you know it was a pterodactyl? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you're right. I, don't, I think I might. But... And that's why you're problematic. Because you look at a pterodactyl right. man and you automatically assume they're a pterodactyl You man. know what? You're right. Yeah, I make assumptions. That's on me. But also, right. I will say, as stupid as that character was it was also the best character that anybody ever rolled <laughs> it's pretty and i loved it <laughs> mm-hmm. it was great absolutely oh, i think one thing our group does that maybe a lot of other D games don't is we've always taken it since we've played together at, from a comedic point of view and yep. just trying to make each other laugh mm-hmm. so that even if we're playing a badass you know gruff dude with a big old war hammer they can still make ridiculous choices. Like Mike, yes. y- your character Olivier got in all sorts of shenanigans. He did, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he <laughs> was Olivier was um, basically a Robin Hood clone. He had your typical rogue backstory before I even knew that was a thing. His parents <laughs> were dead. His sister was kidnapped by like an evil king. One time we were um, we were at an inn. I decided to go up to the first person that I saw that looked shifty. Of course. And bet mm-hmm. them that we could play that game. Uh, you know, the where you put the knife in between your fingers. Mm-hmm. I think it's called pin finger. And eventually, you know, I'm, I'm making these dex rolls and I'm nailing them. But eventually I roll a one. <laughs> He's like, okay, so what a one is, is you have a full on dagger that you're trying to slam between your fingers. You just cut off your left ring finger. And for our audience listening at home, it was at this point in the story that I realized as a DM, I would never be able to run a serious game of Dungeons no. and Dragons at our oh. table ever. Uh, just to warn you, Dalton. We're also not going to take this game seriously. Oh, I, I know. You know I'm that. fully aware. And I hope oh, the yeah, audience no, yeah. knows, rules, fuck them. We're here to have fun. We're here to make yes. each other laugh, and I hope you guys enjoy it, too. Yeah, uh, as We're here to giggle at the lunch table. A blanket table. disclaimer to everyone that's listening to our show. Do not come at us with rules, because they don't exist <laughs> at our table. We are not your generic actual play podcast. There will be times that you will question the game that we are actually playing, and half the time there is not a game that we are playing. It is a bit that has gone on far too long. Now, the that rule being of cool said, reigns. oh yeah, rule of cool <laughs> surpasses everything at this table. Uh, that being said, should we get into the game? I don't oh my know. god, oh my yes. God. yes. Okay, yeah. I guess so. I'm All so right. scared. What if we die? Then we'll die together. Oh, oh I love that.
Andrew, you slowly begin to open your eyes and blinking adjust to the bright sunlight surrounding you. Immediately to your right and left, you see the unconscious bodies of your friends, Mike and Alyssa. Up ahead, about 50 feet or so, you spot two dead horses, each with several black feathered arrows sticking out of them. In addition to the horses, you see an overturned cart and several lifeless humanoid figures. The woods that surround you press close up against the trail in a dense thicket, providing a subtle sense of claustrophobia. What? I like, I like look around and I pat my pockets and I'm like trying to remember anything that happened before this moment. Is there anything? You pat down your pockets, you feel your keys, you feel your phone, you feel your wallet. You have all of your, your personal belongings. And when you look at yourself, you are wearing the clothes that you remember putting on this morning. But there is a just a period of time that you just can't remember anything. It could be short-term memory loss. It could be amnesia. But you don't know how you got where you're at. Um, but I see Mike and Alyssa, and I can tell it's them. You do. You see Mike and Alyssa, and for all intents and purposes, that is who it is. Okay. First thing I do is I, I shake both of them awake. Which one do you shake awake first, though? I go for Alyssa first, and I'm like, ooh, Mike was going to get offended. And then I go for Mike, and I'm like, ah, you know, Alyssa. And I like I really stretch my arms, and it's like very uncomfortable but, <laughs> because you're far apart. And, but I, I get bo- fingertips on both of you, and I jostle you. I wake up, and I'm like, oh. It feels like somebody's uh, jostling me and Alyssa awake at the same time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that must mean he loves us the same. And then I wipe the crust out of my eyes because my eyes get really crusty when I first wake up. <laughs> I look around, and, and what do I see? So you wipe the sleep from your eyes. You wake up. You see the same thing that was just described to Andrew. Up ahead, about 50 feet or so from where all three of you presumably woke up, uh, two dead horses, an overturned cart, lifeless humanoid figures, and then surrounding you on all sides, it's just dense forest. Did we hang out last night? Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but we live in completely different states now. Mm. I think Andrew has amnesia. <laughs> uh, okay, Andrew, you live in Missouri, which is in the middle, and we live in California, which is far away. Yeah. Who's president? I start shaking him. I'm like, Andrew, who's president? I just start yelling, Obama. Obama, Obama. <laughs> I start to put the pillow over his face like chief, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And I'm like, oh, we got to put Andrew down. He's too amnesiac. So do we feel the effects of a hangover or anything odd? Give me, okay, give me a constitution roll. Alyssa. I got uh 15. You feel pretty much normal. There are no adverse, there's no nausea, there's no headache. You don't feel fatigued. You feel pretty normal. You're also in your own same clothes that you remember putting on this morning. But from you waking up, it is black. There is just, there is missing memory. Do I have like my purse on me? You do. Yeah, your purse is with you. So we left our houses, right? Because if someone had moved us, why would they carry my purse with me? Yeah. So I I reach inside my pants. I'm wearing Nike basketball shorts because I'm doing well. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel for my penis. No. Yes. I'm treating this as if it was a coma. 90% of men who wake up from comas check on their penises first. <laughs> it's just a medical fact. So uh, I make sure my penis is okay. Wait, so 90% of men are scared they've lost their penis. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 90% of men who wake up from a coma 
are missing their penis. I also thought that was going. <laughs> it's actually true, though. Uh, doctors always say, like, if a man wakes up from a coma, they always check on their penis first. Like, they'll be touching their penis in a fog. So I'm touching my penis in a fog. Is my penis there, Dalton? Y- yes. I almost made you roll for that. I almost made you. <laughs> I, was oh this, I was this close. But I was like, no, we're not going to roll for penis on the first episode. Oh, God. Oh, dude, you got to roll for penis. <laughs> I check in. I check Andrew's penis, too, because he's my buddy. Is his penis okay? Yes, from what you can tell, it's it's intact. It's there. I tell Andrew, uh, um, hey, buddy, it's okay. Your penis is there. It's as disappointing as ever. <laughs> so you approach the cart and you investigate the carnage that surrounds you. You quickly find the bodies of four soldiers stuck with the same black feathered arrows and an obvious sign of struggle. Amidst all of the wreckage of the cart, you find a cracked iPhone and a brown leather wallet. Oh, I immediately back up and I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, guys, uh, there's a dead body over here. No, there's not. They're not actually dead. No, 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 no. Come over and look. I check their pulses at the same time so no one gets offended. How do you check four pulses at the same time? Okay, I I take up my shoes off. (laughs) I take my socks off. I sit sit on my butt and I... I extend all four limbs to their jugulars. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Sure, that's exactly oh what happens. You do this weird kind of like stretched man kind of position and you feel for the pulses of these four dead soldiers and there there is no pulse. Now, this could be because they actually are dead or what you're doing doesn't make physical sense for you to actually be able to check their pulse. But either way, the results are inconclusive. Guys, I'm not feeling a toe pulse on these guys. <laughs> I start to hyperventilate and I'm like, oh, these guys are dead. Oh, God, I'm going to throw up. You do. You throw up chunks everywhere. You do. Projectile vomiting <laughs> off the side of the trail. Okay. I'm going to make a throw up noise then. I, I'm afraid. <laughs> of, oh. uh, I watched my husband throw up unsurprised. <laughs> and I said, this I, um, is really rare for me. I, I, I don't usually do this. Andrew, don't even worry about him. He can throw up just from brushing his teeth. Uh, <laughs> and I go and I uh, grab the uh, phone and wallet. Cool. So you pick up the iPhone and wallet. The iPhone has been smashed beyond all recognition. Even when you try to turn on the lock screen, the screen is so cracked that you really can't tell what this lock screen is. But you open up the wallet You find a few credit cards. You find a couple of debit cards. You find cash, $136 to be exact if you want to rifle through it. You find – please, no one come rob me. Um, (laughs) You find a driver's license that belongs to your friend, Dalton. Shit. Guys, was Dalton with us? No. No, no, no. If Dalton was with us, we'd remember. Well, I don't even remember getting here, so – I don't remember anything. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's all very fair. If Dalton was with us, we probably wouldn't remember. Uh, I start looking around for Dalton's body. I start trying to smell for Dalton's smell. I'm wafting <laughs> air into my nose, and I'm thinking, Dr. Pepper, exercise-induced endorphins. I do fart while you do it. And then I smell it, and I'm like, fart. And then I'm like, no, that's not Dalton. And then I start to think, cool water, CK1. And, and then I'm like... He smells like all of those things. And then I, I start to move around the woods and I hunt for Dalton like a bloodhound. You know what? Roll with advantage on perception? Perception. 15, baby! Plus? Zero. 15, baby! You know what? That's that's <laughs> enough to do. You get a general sense of Dalton's scent coming from the woods off the trail. I hunch down and I put two fingers down on the ground 
and like a hunch position like Wolverine. And I narrow my eyes and I'm like, that's Dalton on the wind. <laughs> and I start to slowly amble into the woods. Amble with purpose. Uh, I amble into the woods to find my friend Dalton. Okay, cool. Um, as as all of this is happening, you, Alyssa, you said you were also investigating and looking around, correct? Yeah, I was checking the cart and like anything around the cart for like signs of Dalton. Okay, so um, while Mike is off living his like wilderness man fantasy, <laughs> you are checking the surrounding areas and you actually see several pairs of small footprints and then something that looks like it's being dragged off away from the cart into the woods as well. And almost at the same time as both you and Mike look towards the woods, a single arrow tipped in black feathers flies and whistles through the air and lands in between both of you stuck into the dirt. Oh, I take cover. Uh, guys, guys, take cover. Someone's shooting at us. I yell, yikers! And and then I scooby-doo run and I see if there's a boulder around. <laughs> There, there is no boulder around. The only sense of cover that you have are the two horses and the overturned wagon. I, I hide behind a horse. With no boulder around, I, I just stand in fear, frozen, in the middle of the woods, because I have no plan B. You stand there in the middle of everything. Andrew, you're ducked down behind a horse. Alyssa, I'm assuming that you're hiding somewhere. I've already got one of the horses, bro. Uh, Behind the cart. But Alyssa's behind the cart, and then you hear this, this snarling guttural noise this <laughs> and all of a sudden four small figures break through the trees two of them are brandishing these scimitars two of them have bow and arrow drawn they're small green grotesque long pointy eared creatures i wave my arms frantically like andrew andrew get back down I go, oh, thank God, help's arrived. I, I flag them down, I wave my arms in the air, like cast away, and I'm like, we need help, our friend's missing. I knew, I, guys, I think we're at a Ren fair. I do it too, but I'm, like, I'm smiling because I think it's a dance. <laughs> I start doing your arm mo- motion too, and I do it faster and higher than you. As this is happening, Andrew, you're standing up, you're trying to flag these creatures down. Two more arrows whistle through the air. One lands in between your feet down at your feet in the dirt. The other one, however, lands in the top of your thigh, giving you two points of piercing damage. Ow! My thigh! My favorite thigh! And with that, I'm gonna need you guys to roll for initiative. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey there, folks! It's Tony Rigatoni of Tony Rigatoni's Horse, Ox, and Yak Dealership. Are you sick of overpaying for your Clydesdales? Does the interest rate on your water buffalo make you want a yak? At Tony Rigatoni's, we always beat the competition. We've got the lowest priced steeds and beasts of burden in the water deep area. So gallop on over and check out our fleet. Right in that old mule for a new hot piece of ass. Or stop by our full-service grooming spa. We can swap out shoes, stirrups, even get rid of those pesky bought flies. So what are you waiting for, folks? It's off to the races with the best deals in town. At Tony Rigatoni's Horse, Ox, and Yak dealership. Over on Sawmore Street. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. And with that, I'm going to need you guys to roll for initiative. Oh, one. 
Oh no. Six. Cool. So the creatures are going to get a surprise round, so they're gonna all attack first. Um, they're going to come for you, Mike, because you're the furthest one ahead of the group. You're just standing out in the open in the middle of nowhere. Well, this is what you get for being Wolverine. So <laughs> two of these creatures are coming up on you right now. Their scimitars are drawn. They're going in for slash attacks. The first one is going to miss wildly. Uh, you tower above it. It's only about three and a half, maybe four feet tall on a good day. So as it slashes, it misses, cutting the air. However, the second one makes contact, giving you a slash right across your right shoulder, coming down into your chest, taking four damage. Whoa, okay. That's gonna look pretty badass when it heals, though. <laughs> I look, I see this happening, and I'm like, guys, I don't think this is a Ren fair. <laughs> this is real. Mike, are you, are you part of the act, bro? No, dude, my fucking shoulder's in half. Is it my left arm or is it my right arm? Uh, it's your right, your right shoulder going down into your chest. Uh, I'm, oh my god, that, that's the fucking arm I use for stuff. I, I, I go, no man, that's my arm. <laughs> so getting getting into this, um, the two goblins with the scimitars, or the two creatures, you don't know the goblins yet, have attacked Mike with their scimitars. The other two creatures with the bow and arrow have already shot at Andrew. So we're going into initiative order. Alyssa, you're up. Um. Okay. So I quickly look around the cart and see if there's anything I can throw. Uh, yeah, there is actually a dagger on the ground in front of you. Oh my god, perfect. Uh, and I take the knife, and I just throw the dagger at the creature that's attacking Mike. Okay, cool. Give me a d20 to hit. Okay, uh, so a straight 19. Oh, wait, but dexterity. So, plus one. So a modified, a modified 20. Okay, um, you pick up this, this knife, and with this unnatural accuracy that surprises even you and probably Andrew and Mike as well throw this dagger smack dab into the chest of uh, a creature that has just hit Mike with the scimitar doing a total of four damage I, I get really turned on immediately at her doing violence <laughs> and I go in for a kiss did you just forget that we're really far away from each other right now oh really okay uh no instead I look at her like Darla from the 1990s hit Little Rascals, and I bat my eyelashes and I go, my hero. <laughs> I, I think that's from Popeye. It's from both, but uh, whatever. Whatever's funnier, I do the funnier thing. And then I, uh, is it my turn? No, it's it's Andrew's. Is it my turn? Okay. Uh, it is your turn. Okay, so we're going to say that you've done all the things that you've already described. You've picked up the bow and arrow um, that was down here at the soldier in front of you. All right, so now at this point, my instinct is going to be to like get more cover. And since I've watched The Revenant, I, Andrew, um, I grab the near, I pull an arrow out of the horse and I, I stick it back in its stomach and I start slicing it from the guts all the way up to the, I'm going to try to get inside this horse. Wow. I'm going to try, <laughs> <No>. I'm going <gonna, laughs> to try to hide. It's like Star Wars. It's both. It's a no. lot of different things. <laughs> Hold on. Are you assuming nobody can see you crawling inside of a horse? No. Listen, I'm going to wear this horse like armor. <laughs> My survival instincts kick in, and I'm gut trying to gut this horse so I can, like, either crawl inside of it or maybe wear it or maybe pull out some bones to use You have the weapon. worst survival instincts ever. You have the I, worst uh, instincts. <laughs> you know what? We're going to let this ride. You do so. You... You eviscerate this horse from neck to navel and open up this ste <laughs> steaming carcass of the horse guts. I pull them out respectfully. 
Um, <laughs> it's important that it's respectively. I like, I flip my body around like I'm now the little spoon with the horse and I like slink backwards into it so I can like get into it back first. And I'm like, I'm trying to just enclose myself in this horse carcass. Um, you know what? Give me a, <laughs> give me a stealth check. No and why. <laughs> I, just, I can't emphasize this enough. No and why. This is the worst plan of attack for self-preservation. <laughs> He's going for it, though. 15. All right, that's a good point. I- I'm not very good at attack. Dude, it's a plan of defense. Mike and Alyssa, you look around, and all of a sudden, Andrew is nowhere to be found. Okay, so nobody saw or heard Andrew carving open the belly of a recently deceased horse, <laughs> and he disappeared. Mike, Mike, I think the gremlins got Andrew. Uh, uh, okay, I guess with no other recourse, I go, No, Andrew, my only and best friend! <laughs> Besides Dalton, I mean. And and, and then I, I just weep openly in the woods for the loss of my friend. I, I, I whisper, Nay, bro, bro, nay. Oh, oh, it's Andrew's ghost. I like, I try to move the horse's head a little bit. Just a little bit. No, I'm using it, I'm using it as a puppet to say, Hey, Mike. It's, it's Andrew. Everything's going to be okay. I'm inside of this horse. I have room for you guys. There's a lot of good cover in here. Oh, no. Andrew's dead and possessing the horse. <laughs> Dalton, as a sane man and the DM, does he successfully puppet this horse? Also, we're, we're in the he, middle of combat still, right? Yeah. He does not. Yeah, we're in the middle of combat. Okay. He is, he is in the horse, and that is as far as it goes. He is inside of the horse. My- I'm inside the horse. <laughs> plotting. It's your turn. I'm plotting my next move from inside the, the horse. Okay. These turns are three seconds still, right? <laughs> Six seconds. I'm a ranger, bro. In theory, Andrew disappeared inside of a horse in six <laughs> seconds, and he field-dressed with no experience. With an arrow. With an arrow. Alright. Gotta love it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm a ranger, dude. Instinct. Here's my turn to do something insane. Okay, uh, I, um... With my six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pound muscular frame, I uh, excuse me, I find a rock amongst the forest floor. Do I find it? Yeah, you find a yeah. rock. Uh, okay, I'll, I yeah. find a big one, and I look at the nearest thing, which I would probably recognize as a goblin. I'd using say that's, my nerd knowledge. Yeah, I'd say that's a safe. Okay, uh, and I so I take the rock, and with all my might, just hurl it like an Olympian at the goblin's face. Give me a roll. All right. Give me, a, give me a 20. 19, baby! Uh, like you are at some track and field shot put event, you throw that rock square, knocking into the jaw of the goblin. Are you firing at the, the bow and arrow or the scimitar? Oh, uh, the bow and arrow one. Bow and arrow. You fire that rock to that bow and arrow, doing a total of two damage and knocking it slightly off balance. Uh, going into the goblin's turn, the two with the scimitar back on you, taking slashes once again at Mike, because he's the closest target to them. Both of them missing. They're kind of they're kind of scared of you at this point because you just picked up this rock and chucked it at one of their brethren. The one that you hit with the rock gets disadvantage on his attack because he has been thrown off balance, missing Alyssa with his arrow. The second one, however, does hit right in your shoulder, giving you three damage of piercing. Oh, I just want to say that, like, while all of this is happening, that I'm just cheering in the background going, yeah, you get Gizmo, baby! And then I just <laughs> immediately get shot. And I'm like, ah! 
<laughs> I, uh, I definitely have a reaction to all of that, but also, can I just have a moment to have, like, a cool 80s action movie line? Of course. So you, like, you are at some shot put event at track and field, throw that rock, smack square jaw into the head of this goblin. Okay. Uh, does anybody have a rock pun? Should have ordered the mineral water. <laughs> okay, okay, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, um, if we're playing 20 questions... It looks like you're not a mineral or an animal. You're a vegetable. <laughs> boo, boo. Okay, scrap it, scrap it. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> okay, it was bad. The components were there, but it didn't work out. Instead of that, I, I, I look at the goblin and then I go, should have worn a helmet. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got one. Pebble for your thoughts. Oh, that one's that's good. good. That's, that's good. That's good. That's why we're a team. That's go. good. That's why we're a team. Pebble for your thoughts. <laughs> uh, so I go, oh, no. And then I, 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 try, I try to run to Alyssa with my bonus action. Uh, I mean, you can hit after. Your, the I, I, I know, but bonus action. I mean, it's your it's your movement. It's not a bonus action. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Alyssa, you're up. Top of the order. Okay. So this dude just shot me. And you know how you hear about moms who just, like, lift the cars? I think my adrenaline is just pumping. Uh, and so I look around for something else to throw at him. Uh, do, do I see anything else lying around? Um, you look around and you don't see, you don't see any daggers, um, but you do see like, just like a handful of small rocks. Ah, okay. So those probably aren't going to hurt him. Um, uh, so, okay. So instead I just decide to run full force. He's already seen me anyway. So, uh, so I go running with the intention to just kick him like a soccer ball. Okay, cool. So you run forward towards where Mike is at. In the meantime, Mike is running back towards where you are. Um, you guys, adrenaline pumping for both of you, pass each other without even realizing that you've completely missed one another. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, you go up for the kick. Give me a d20. Ooh, um, 18. Ooh, love that. With the adrenaline pumping, you hit contact and square into the gut of this goblin <sighs> creature. That's what we're calling them at the moment. And send him flying. He is down for the count. There are three left. Okay, uh, so I reach into my purse and pull out my sunglasses and put them on, and I just go, touchdown. Yes. <laughs> okay, so do you put sunglasses over your normal glasses? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I love, I love um, it. That takes us back oh to God. the horse, also known as Andrew. Okay. All right, so I'm inside the horse. I'm seeing all, or I'm not seeing, I'm hearing all this stuff happen outside the horse. Um, Don't say outside the horse. I pull out my thing people say. I, don't say outside the horse. <laughs> Here inside the, the horse, which is the coolest place to be right now. Um, That's actually I, what we're going to rename the podcast. Here inside the horse. Here inside the horse. Um, I have plenty of room. And I go, and I, I like, okay, I'm taking cover. I pull out my cell phone. Um, I may not get good reception in the horse, but I'm going to try to call 911. Um, you pull out your cell phone. Give me a D20 to make sure it's not dead. Okay. Uh, 14. Okay, cool. Your phone does turn on. Um, since it's a 911 call, even though you don't have service, it does go through. Um, hello, this is 911. Hi. What's your emergency? Hi, 911. Um, uh, listen, I can't talk loud. I'm currently inside of a horse. They're shooting things at my friends. I think we're outside of a Renaissance fair. And I just, can you just send a squad car? Sir, I'm so sorry. I'm going to need you to speak up, please. I'm having a very hard time understanding where you said you're at. You're inside of a house. No, ma'am, ma'am, no. I'm, I'm, I'm inside of what I assume is a 
Clydesdale. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, no way you know the breeds of horse. Hey, you know what? He seemed like a Coco-Coco. Coco-Coco? A Coco-Coco? He has seen a Coco-Coco. Good point. A Coca-Cola commercial. He has seen a Coco-Coco. No, there's no way. I'm just saying it. I'm, so- I'm sorry, sir. Let me see if I understand that. You said you're inside of a horse? Ma'am, I, I have gutted a horse. My friends are, be- are outside the horse. They're being shot at by green people in costumes, but they're shooting real arrows. So this is 911. This is an emergency hotline, so I'm going to need you to actually give me a true emergency. This is not a place for prank calls, okay? You have a good day now, honey, okay? This goodbye. Is... Go, oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I guess that that's my turn, isn't it? It's, it's, now, it's now Mike's turn. Okay. How many of them are up and active, these guys? There, there are three left. There are three left. I look around for something better. Uh, not a rock. Uh, I want something actually dangerous. Um, so, so you were you were running back towards Alyssa and where the cart, yeah, towards Alyssa, towards where the cart was. So as you're running back that way, you see the soldiers and you see that one of them has a sword. All right. Uh, uh, for one, I'm kind of bummed that Alyssa's not here, and I can only assume she's wherever Andrew is. <laughs> um, so I lift my sword to the sky <laughs> and I say, "This one's for you, baby." And I kiss the sword, and the sword glints in the sun. And I run towards the goblins with all my might, and I do a warrior's yell, which sounds like, Wah! And then I take a slash down towards the goblin's face, the one with the scimitar. The one with the scimitar. Yeah, give me a roll to hit. All right. That's baby. Oh, oh, beautiful. With that nat 20, that is full damage. We're doing a 1d6 plus 2. Eight damage to this goblin. You cut this sucker in half, bisecting its torso from its lower body. Uh, and then I, uh, I put on some sunglasses that I also happen to have, and I look towards the camera and I go, "Slice to meet you." <laughs> and then a sick guitar riff comes out of nowhere. <laughs> End of turn. Going back to the goblins, at this point, the two <laughs> goblins with the bow and arrow have watched you drop kick one of their friends and completely cut in half their other friends. They drop their bow and arrow, they turn, and they bolt back into the woods from which they came. Yeah. Yeah, you better run. Don't, don't talk like that to the goblins, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Combat <laughs> is over. You are now you are now out of initiative. Okay. I, I hear that things are calming down, and I, I slowly emerge from the horse and I'm just covered in blood and guts and I'm like oh you guys are okay oh my god Andrew you're dying <laughs> no, no 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 it's not my blood it's the horse's blood I got inside I saw I saw bows and arrows I thought I need cover it's the only thing I could think of so you weren't hit at all no I was I was not hit at all I was safe inside the horse which is really comfy I run over to Andrew because I didn't know where he was and I was very scared and I don't care if he's covered in blood and horse guts. I hug him and I give him a kiss on the cheek. I hug you back and I hug you really hard. And I, I start like, I start crying like a lot, like too much to where like you think something else is going on in my life. <laughs> I grab him by the shoulders and I shake him and I go, don't you ever do that to me again. And I start weeping and I'm, uh, uh, we, we hug and we weep in the woods and I get some of the horse blood on me. Oh, guys. Oh, that's such a sweet moment. Um, but like, if I could have your attention for just like one second, uh, I think I might actually be dying. Uh, oh shit. Okay. I run over, <laughs> I run over to my wife first. 
I'm sorry, Andrew, but I ran over to my wife first. You thought I was dead, to be fair. You thought I was dead. You already know she's alive. You know what? It's okay. Uh, I also thought Andrew was dying. So, like, I totally get it. I honestly don't know what overtook me. I saw the horse and I had these, like, weird instincts to, like, I don't know, like, make a fort out of it or something. I don't, I don't know. It just came over me. I gotta say, buddy, this would not be my first move. I would think of a lot of things first before vivisecting a horse. Mike, I, I heard you <laughs> slashed a goblin. It was pretty fucking awesome, dude. I found like a sword over there and, and like he hit me in the arm. And even though my arm was all fucked up, I raised my sword up in the air and I was like, Wah! and then I slashed him in the face to save my wife. I've never heard you slash something before, man. That's new. I I, I don't know what came over me. What about you, Alyssa? Are you, are, did you experience anything weird? Oh, dude. So I saw this little creature attacking Mike and like my instincts like kicked in and I took a dagger and I just threw it and I hit him and I've never done that before. I mean, I've done some archery at, like, camp when I was a kid. Oh, hold on. They didn't have archery at clown camp. No, no, like the other camp. You went to clown camp? Don't pretend like your family sent you to multiple camps. You know what? We're not going to get into this right now. We are kind of have something important. It is a whole story. It is a story we should return to, but it is a whole story. Anyway. We're going to circle back to that later. Yeah, let's not brag about clown camp. We're going to come back to this. Okay, so I'll totally tell you the story, but first... I don't mean to be a party pooper, but I kind of have an arrow stuck in me. No, no, oh, oh, the, the arrow. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, we don't pull it out. No, you, you don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. You, you pull it out and you die. I saw it on 60 Minutes. I think, <laughs> here's what I think we do. I think we push it in deeper all the way to the other side uh, until it comes out the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, that actually makes sense because you could fill it up like the, with the thicker part. Yeah, but two holes, it's like the pressure is equalized. Yeah, okay, for like the pressure. It's like it's a submarine. Like, like an airplane. If you have a leak in this part of the submarine, you have to have a leak in this part of the submarine. I don't think that's how submarines work. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, listen, I'm just stressed out right now because of the situation. I would like to stop bleeding, okay. please. We need to Heimlich it, or, or not Heimlich it. No. What's the thing where you wrap the thing around? Tourniquet? Yeah, we got to turn the kit. We got <laughs> to get something to turn it right now. So I, I look around for anything that looks like a, a strap. Horse intestines, right here. I pulled these out. <laughs> I, I pick them up. Oh, yeah, those are sturdy. Those are fresh. Uh, no, no. Uh, go check the cart for something. Oh, the oh, cart. Um, that makes more I, sense. I, I scramble over to the cart, and I uh, look around for some cloth or something. Yeah, so you look around the cart, and you actually find what in this universe, or this world, we, we call a healer's kit. It's a leather satchel with a red plus sign on it that you would universally know as first aid in some capacity. You open up that kit, and you find inside two glass vials filled with this red liquid as well as some bandages and then in the chest like there's a chest inside the cart and in that chest you find four sets of leather armor okay so there's bandages and two healing potions i would assume having watched many D related things this isn't skyrim but i think that's what these are though i mean i mean on the bag like there's a plus sign on the bag i, I take the whole bag you take the whole bag so i take the whole bag and i assure i'm like Alyssa. It's this. Look at this. It's not just red. It's it like glitters in the light. You know what else is red? Poison. Not all the time, though. Sometimes it's black and like a little puff of something comes out of it, like smoke, and it's like a little skull. Oh, like in Snow White. Yeah, like in Snow White. A little apple. Yeah. No, but I mean, I really think that this is good. Look, it's red. I really feel like if you put this in your body, it'll heal you up. You need this. You could die. All right. You know what? Uh, against all my logic, this makes no sense. Uh. Fine. You know what? I I need something to make the pain go away. Fine. And I just take it, and without hesitation, I just I just drink it. I chug it down. Cool. You uncork the glass vial. You throw it back 
two gulps, it's completely gone. It tastes like a cherry limeade, if I'm being completely honest. You feel this just like a warm, tingly, but also very invasive and uncomfortable feeling like overtake your entire body until it centers in your shoulder. Guys, this is a very uncomfortable feeling I'm having. <laughs> it begins to push the arrow out of your body. It's not painful, but it's not comfortable. Ugh. Is this what giving birth feels like? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't know. Uh. Uh, and I, I feel it like pushing out of me and I'm like, ah! You gently like pull the arrow out as it's being pushed from your flesh and you look down and you see that the wound has slowly started to close on its own. I step back from the arrow because uh, I don't want to get blood on me and stuff. I just bought these Adidas slides. So I take a couple <laughs> steps back and I'm like, ew, as the arrow falls out of you, but like, good because you're not dying anymore i i think that was magic oh man it looked like it it was like wolverine it was like remember that scene in x1 when like the bartender shoots wolverine in the face and then it, because of his healing factor the bolts fall out of his forehead and they fall into the bar yeah and it's because of, like the adamantium oh my god do i have adamantium oh dude you might be wolverine so where are we that's my question this is obviously is not magic but like what else is this stuff Oh, it's uh, it's uh, I'm telling you, it's a Renaissance fair. I mean, like, <laughs> in the future? Why would we? Why would it be the future? And listen, that's just bad sci-fi. Okay, it's always bad sci-fi when they're like, oh, for some reason we have to go back to swords and bows and arrows. That's a shitty sci-fi book. It's kind of like Star Wars. I mean, not even really necessarily because Star Wars was a long, long time ago, not a long, long time in the future. So yeah. You done fucked up. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, I take my potion and I hold it up in the air and I'm like, if nobody else needs this, and I point to my shoulder, which is now dangling out of the socket. <laughs> oh my god, baby, your arm! Yeah, I know it was hurt, and you know what? I don't even mind that you didn't even notice it, because it's your own thing to deal with, so it's cool. So I uncork it and I down it. I appreciate you gave me my own time for my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, cherry limeade, because that's like one of my favorite flavors in real life. You get the same kind of feeling that was described by Alyssa. It's this warm, tingly, but also invasive, very uncomfortable feeling washing over your entire body, starting at your toes, working its way up, centering itself in that right shoulder. As you can feel it start to work its way back into a full working condition, the skin begins to graft back together. The muscle tendons begin to wrap and mend. And it's not painful, but it's incredibly uncomfortable Blah, but also cool and i flex my fingers like i can flex them yeah, again your fingers work just like they did uh also uh i found this armor in the carriage i put it on and uh i just look strapping in my new leather armor all dudded up ready for fucking battle you do look very <laughs> strapping in your new leather armor big old sword here too andrew what's up buddy I do not put on the armor because I'm like, this is insane. This is not real or this is like an event. This is a prank. I'm not going to wear this armor. Uh, Dude, I don't know if this is like some prank or some post-apocalyptic stuff happening. Uh, but all I know is that there are real creatures with real weapons are out there attacking us. This is like a kill or be killed kind of situation. So I think you need to just put on the armor uh, so that you're safe. We've watched thousands of fantasy movies together. I, I, I mean, what else What else could this be? Four foot creatures with pointy ears and green skin came at you and shot an arrow into Alyssa's leg. I feel like, I feel like creatures is a racist term. But Beings? Beings? 
Beings. Yeah, you know what? I like that. Beings are attacking us. Okay, so it's settled. Beings of unknown origins are attacking us. I agree with you, Andrew. I don't know how to take any of this right now. All I know is we need to get out of here and we need to find Dalton. Oh my God, Dalton. I smelled a sexy scent on the wind. Guys, guys, I, I think he's over here. And I, 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 I point the group to where I smell Dalton on the wind. We're going to find you, buddy. You point to the direction that you presumably smelled your friend on the wind. And it is the same direction that the two goblins with the bow and arrows ran back off to into the forest. Ooh, I do not like that. I can smell him. I can bring the horse if we think we need it. <laughs> Wait, so you're going to bring the horse? I, I can if we think. I can smell that he's out there. I'm following you. Oh, he's out there, you guys. I, I I jut my sword out into the air like a call to action. Dalton, we're coming for you, baby boy. And I uh, I follow Dalton's scent. I, before following Mike, kind of do a quick survey of the area because I definitely want to take that dagger uh, that I'd thrown at that creature. I want to pull it out. Um, okay. And I also look around for like any other weapons. Okay, cool. So you definitely grab the dagger. You see two different options. There is another sword. Or there is the goblin scimitar. So there's a longsword by the soldier, or there's the goblin scimitar that you killed. Um, I... Get the scimitar, dude. Well, I, I look at both. Uh, the scimitar is smaller, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so I look at both and I think to myself, you know, um, af- when I'm out with friends uh, after a long night of drinking and then we go out axe throwing, um, I always end up grabbing uh, the smaller axe. So I'm going to go with the scimitar. Okay, Dalton, before we leave this scene, uh, is there anything else around that we could like maybe find to help you? Yeah, so I mean, if you want to do a like a quick once through, you do notice that um, each of the fallen soldiers carries a long sword. They carry a dagger. Two of them carry a set of bow and arrows. You already have the leather armor picked up. You see that the footprints that you guys saw earlier also lead off in that same direction that the goblins initially came from. So all plot points point to the woods. Okay, so I I take a few steps uh, in Mike's direction uh, to follow him, uh, but then I stop and I turn and I I look to Andrew. You know what? This is like The Last of Us. You know, we have to look around. He doesn't own a PlayStation, Alyssa. He's a PC boy. Okay, okay, (laughs) but you've heard of it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Basically like Skyrim, you know, so we don't know what's coming up ahead. So we just have to grab what we can. I say, let's armor up. I'm still drawn to the horse. So I'm going to focus on that. I put on the leather armor and I want to take a horse femur off of this creature. <laughs> and I'm going to use it as a as a club. I don't like this from you, dude. Give me, give me a survival check. Don't do that to the horse. This horse kept me alive, bro. I got to use every part of the horse. This is what this world has made him come to. I mean, I know, but this has descended too quick. This is like Lord of the Flies, but worse. Natch 20. Damn. With uncanny precision and quicker than either Mike or Alyssa can even watch it happen, he has completely removed and separated this leg from this horse, has skinned and cleaned it down to the bone to make a club out of this horse's femur. I start crying because I love animals. I'm like, I, you know, he was already dead. He was already dead, right? This is okay. Andrew, I listen, this is so unlike you, but I do kind of get it. But I, I really don't like how quickly in this 
fantasy world, you learned how to field dress a horse. It's just instinct, bro. I just don't think that's you. I, I don't know what it is. This isn't a real world, you know? It's like, I want to carve this horse up some more, and I'm denying my instincts. Like, I'll take one femur, sure. I want all of the legs. Don't carve it, man. <laughs> you want me to carve this up? You guys want some femurs? No, I think. O- only one femur. Yeah, four, three more. Alyssa, you want a femur? No, no, you know what? I'm good, though, Uh, but I appreciate the ask. I think one femur, like one horse body part per encounter is uh, is good. It's a good litmus <laughs> test. Can I take the skull? No. I won't, I'll leave the skull. All right. I put the horse femur in my scabbard. Wait, hold on. You have a scabbard? Do we have scabbards, Dalton? Yeah, and the armor. All, right. All armor comes with scabbards. Sounds All like armors come with scabbards. Don't act like you've gotten armor at the store before, dude. <laughs> You never go to the armor store? You're not going across the street to the Gap to pick up a scab. No, it comes... Also, it probably doesn't come with the armor. You probably have to go to, like, some blacksmith or something or, like, a leather worker for, like, weapons or something to get This is This one's, like, it's a universal scabbard. <laughs> a universal scabbard? Yeah, it's like a scarf. One size fits all. Um, I, I pick up the bow and arrow, too, and, uh, quivers... I I have a bow and arrow. I don't grab a femur. Uh, I'm following the scent of Dalton. It smells like the gym, and it smells like cool water, and that's that. Uh, I reach down, and I grab an additional uh, dagger off one of the goblins, and I hand it to Andrew, and I'm like, I totally respect your choice in being bone forward. Bone forward? In your, in your weapon choice. I don't like bone forward either. Uh, but, uh, but here is a, a real weapon just to have as a backup. Some would say bone forward. <laughs> you think I could use this? You think this will be useful? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, just slip it. Just slip it right into your pocket. I, I, I don't really see it, but I guess I'll uh, I'll keep it for later, just in case. I, I've scabbard it. My other scabbard. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to keep finding Dalton. It, it could be 127 hours out there for him. He's handsome like James Franco. Less sexual assault cases. Some would say none. Some? Some would say none. Yeah, I hope none. Uh, anyway, let's find our friend Dalton. All would say none. Definitely none. Okay, guys, real quick. All would say none. I keep going, and I'm like, oh, we got to find Dalton, though. And I, I give Alyssa a kiss. Oh, For romance? I consent. <laughs> I, I, get, I get a kiss, too, right? I kiss. Do you want to kiss him, or should I kiss him? Uh, I think you should do it this time. Uh, I'm going to kiss you, too. I'd like a kiss. Thank you. I consent. Uh, and then I kiss my wife. I also consent. You consent? And then we both, we all say consent at the same time. One, two, three. Consent. consent. And now we're going to find Dalton. All right. So onward and you go, uh, Mike leading the charge as you disappear into the forest, the dense trees closing in behind you. Where have our heroes found themselves? Were those really Renfair workers that attacked them? And more importantly, will they find Dalton out there in the woods? Answers to these questions and more when our next episode drops on June 21st. While you wait, be sure to check out our Instagram where you can find a link tree to the rest of our social media as well as our Patreon. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a single minute of the action. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. Until then, all my rogues and wizards, be sure to keep the volume up, the dial tuned in, and always say yes to adventure. Bye for now, kids. Bye.